Welcome to the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast. I'm Ashlyn Dave, your host. We've got a great show lined up, so let's get started. And this is episode number 284 of the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast. I'm Ashlyn Dave. Appreciate you coming along. It's the week... Of what is a week of? It's the week after September 11th, so I guess it's the week after September 11th. Today's the 16th, and I know I didn't get a show out in August. Uh, I'm trying to think back why. Don't know. Uh, my daughter didn't go back to college until late August, and it takes generally about two and a half hours to get a whole show together. You know, you even if you only do about 30 minutes of audio. There's a little bit of pre-work, um, so you know. So I kind of know a little bit what I'm talking about, even though you know the show is kind of based on ignorance anyway. But um, I try to sound like I know what I'm talking about. And then there's some editing, putting in the some of the music and whatnot, interruptions along the way. Um, and whenever my daughter was here in the evenings, which is when I tend to do the show, because I'm just tied up on the weekends doing other stuff. Uh, just can't get it anyway. So that's that's the reason. No show for August. Um, I'll do a double this month, I hope. And I've uh, got yeah, got a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, a couple of different kinds of topics. Um, uh, firearm service, Facebook, um, uh, reflecting on my health. Uh, what have I got here? Spring marathon likelihood. High jump gold medal medalists. Foosball, more Olympics, race walking, puppy dog, empty nest, suicides, other people dying, Ashland Half Marathon, um, social media, and my good buddy Matt. So I've got a whole slew of stuff here. Probably go out on a couple tangents. Um, and my wife just went to a community meeting. She's on the board of a uh, community center here in the center of the universe, the Hanover Arts and Activities Center. Uh, and I used to be on that board. I did two, uh, two three-year terms on the board, and that was when I was the race director for the Ashland Railroad Run, which is a uh, spring 10K. And at the time, it was one of the longest running, uh, pun intended, uh, 10Ks in the Richmond metropolitan area. Although the pandemic kind of messed up a lot of stuff, so those those records don't really uh, matter as much anymore. Um, but I race directed that for three years, uh, assisted on it for a couple of years before that. Anyway, um, it's a great community center and does a lot of cultural stuff here in the center of the universe in Ashland. And um, my wife Monica is on the board there, so she uh, has gone up to there. So I can uh, to a uh, doing a little potluck dinner meeting. She's on these. I guess the executive board, and then they have the regular board meeting, and um, they brought some food up there, so I'm going to produce the podcast while she's gone. Uh, so let me talk a little bit about um, some recent service I had from a company called Sig Sauer. Um, if you're not familiar with firearms, 
There's a company called Sig Sauer. It's uh, spelled S-I-G space S-A-U-E-R. Uh, American company. Uh, I think they're in New Hampshire, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, just indulge me for a minute. So I have, um, I carried a Sig Sauer uh, 45 caliber semi-auto when I in my uh, service as a police officer for most of my career. And then towards the end, we switched over to same brand, uh, different caliber, 9mm, and that's the one that I retired with. So I have that one. I didn't buy the 45 when they offered it. Because um, I'm not not really a gun, not really a gun person. Um, I have guns, but I'm not a like a gun enthusiast where you know I get them out and lay them all out and look at them and um, talk about them. And um, I just I have I have some. Therefore, my use. Uh, my daughter and I go shooting. Uh, one of my smaller caliber weapons. Uh, I've taught her to shoot. Um. And that leads me into the gun I wanted to talk about. So I had a uh, Sig Sauer 380 caliber semi-auto that I got used several years ago when I traded a gun in that I got as an award when I was um, Officer of the Year for the Commonwealth of Virginia, Virginia Sheriff's Association. And that was back in 2010. That was a huge honor in my career. And as part of that honor, I got... Um, you can probably look that up and figure out who I am and there's pictures. Um, but I'll, I'll leave you to do your own investigative work on that. Um, there's no secrets there. I just podcast is something different, but, um, that the gun that I got as an award, um, was a 40 caliber and it was a different brand and, and the agency I worked for didn't allow that brand of gun to be carried off duty. So, Although I was very appreciative of getting the award, it was a brand new gun. It was a, a Smith uh, M&P 40 caliber semi-automatic. Uh, it looked real good. It's just that I couldn't do anything with it, so I traded it in for a smaller caliber, six-hour uh, 380 caliber. I guess it was a P232. I, I can't always remember. And uh, that was a smaller gun, and I, and I was I was able to carry that off duty because I usually had a gun like in the car or something. Um. Uh, after a while, I usually had one on me whenever I was out and about uh, somewhere close. But uh, so that was the one that uh, after my daughter was old enough to go to the range with me, we I, I taught her to shoot that gun and how to operate it and this and that and gun safety and all these things. And uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And then eventually the uh, the gun broke. It had the the um, takedown lever split, so I wasn't able to uh, take the gun apart to clean it and. Um, so I had to I contacted Sig Sauer, told him what was going on. Since since it was not the original owner, I had to pay fifty dollars to ship it back, which everything was really easy. And then they found out that they didn't have a they didn't have the part because they weren't making that gun anymore. So uh, and they didn't have a part to repair it. And then so they offered me to they uh, offered to replace it with a new uh, firearm. And I couldn't believe that. So. I uh, asked for the uh, as a subcompact nine millimeter ten round mag, and that gun is is expensive. It's a called it's a P three sixty five, and I've already gotten that. They sent it to me, so I've got. And keep in mind that when I traded the gun, the the original forty caliber in, uh, at the gun shop, I think I paid forty some dollars difference. So, I always 
joked that the 380 that I had was free because um, it replaced the one I got as, a, as an award along with this honor that I got. And make a long story short, um, so I had the, the, uh, got the P365, but I was able to find another 380 that one of my friends was going to go trade in anyway. But it was just a little bit different. I had a little different finish. It was a little heavier. Um, and that way, my daughter, Lucy, and I could still shoot the same caliber because that fit, that fit her hand really good. And it was a gun that I was planning to gift to her when she uh, is 21 or when she gets her own place. And I feel like she's uh, it's, she's ready. She has a concealed weapons permit. She's already um, taken a class. She's just not, not old enough to get it. So that I was going to gift it to her, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure now. So we're going to rethink that. But the service from the, the reason I brought all this up and I'm talking about this for the last uh, five minutes or six minutes is because the service from this company was just outstanding. And uh, I was just uh, impressed and then more than impressed about the whole thing. Uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe I got a brand new gun for, for a, a part that broke uh, just from where, not sure. Um, so I've, as a result, I now have two smaller pistols instead of just the one, uh, which is fine with me. I uh, added that to the others that I have, and um, I can continue to go still shoot with my kid, which is a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'll move on to the next thing now. I just wanted to share that. Just an outstanding company. Uh, if you ever have any contact or need to uh, do business with them, uh, I would recommend they have good firearms. First, That was the first trouble I ever had with a SIG, and I've carried a SIG for over 20 years. All right, I've talked about, in previous podcasts, I've talked about Team Incognito. This was the the running group I was part of since, uh, from uh, back from starting in 2006 when um, we formed kind of a grassroots training group and ran, um, a lot of us ran our first marathon that fall, 2006, which was the Richmond Marathon. And, you know, it's been 14, 15 years, so, you know, people's lives start going in different directions um, things happen and we had a guy on our on our team that was kind of our coach uh had a heart attack um he's one of these guys that's too young to have a heart attack but he did and um and that's crash Crider. i've mentioned this before in the podcast uh he was my one of my first running coaches i guess first uh marathon running coaches ashlyn Bryan, i think was one of my first coaches when i ran the i uh, did like a 10k training group uh now roswell brian sorry uh brian contacted me the other day i wanted to know when a new podcast was coming out so i told him well i gotta get one out this week because i'm going on vacation soon and uh going away for a few days and i need to uh, get one out anyway uh we had uh snuggy bear one of the guys from team incognito that's kind of part of crash's uh west end of richmond running group i'm not in the west end of richmond i'm it's a little too far for me to train with those guys uh, but we kind of stay in touch uh, virtually, you know, through texting or, or whatnot. And uh, Crash was feeling um, well enough to go to dinner, so uh, Snugs organized a dinner, and uh, a bunch of us met up, uh, including John King, uh, a guy named Peter, Matt from uh, Team Incognito. These are all some of the guys that did, uh, we did the uh, Colonial 200 Relay with, uh, which I've always said if you... Uh, doing a relay, let's see, uh, I used to have a joke about this. Um, most fun you can have with other adults with the clothes on. That's right, doing a, a, a several hundred mile relay across the state. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, get a little 
punchy in the middle of the night, but it, but it is a lot of fun when you look back on it. Anyway, we all met up for dinner in a restaurant out in the West End of Richmond and, and really uh, had a good time catching up and seeing each other and uh, seeing uh, Crash uh, back, and he's uh, improving his health uh, as, he, as he goes. Um, hopefully he doesn't go along too fast where he risks anything because he's a, a competitor. Uh, but it was really good to see him. And, and it kind of made me reflect on my own health a little bit. My health situation is different than his, obviously. But um, nobody expected that to happen to him. And just like, uh, you know, I would never expect anything to happen to me either. Uh, I try to take care of myself. Uh, I eat lots of fruit. Um, my wife, uh, I'm fortunate that my wife prepares uh, most of the meals that, that we have together. I can't think of the last time. Oh, God, this is going to sound bad. I can't think of the last time I cooked for her. Um, but we, we share the, the duties in the house. I do all the laundry in the house. Um, I've always done that. Um, I do all the everything outside, uh, do the cars. Um, and But I'm fortunate enough where she is the one that wants to make the food because she has she wants to make it certain ways uh, for her to enjoy. And so as a result of that, we eat pretty, pretty healthy. Uh, when she's preparing the food, you know, I, you know, we eat bad with the other stuff, but it really does make you, uh, reflect on your health when, uh, this is the second friend that I've had that had a heart attack. First person being Ashlyn Ron from my, uh, Wolfpack running group, which is the local group I run with on Saturdays, except I haven't for the last several, which I'll get to. Uh, but it really does make you kind of look at yourself and, and wonder, you know, what am I doing? I'm, I'm 52 years old. I'm not on any medication. Uh, I don't have, I haven't had a yearly physical since I retired, which was 2019. Now, back when I was a police officer, we had to have a, uh, we had to have an annual physical that our agency required, which was a great service because, you know, some people hate going to the doctor. I'm one of those, but I didn't mind doing the physical because they also did a stress test and, and I knew uh, you know, you run up, they do the treadmill, they hook you up to all this stuff, and then they keep increasing the um, angle on the treadmill. And I always made it all the way to the end until they just said, okay, you know, we don't need to go any further. And I can only imagine some of the heavier people that I worked with that, you know, maybe made it five minutes, which is just sad. And hopefully they made they made some changes in their life. Um, I'm not saying I'm in perfect health, but I, I it really, a lot of the stuff that, that's happened, you know, with Crash, because um, he was thin, he wasn't. He's not heavy set, overweight, anything like that. Um, I think it might have been diet for the most part. Um, I can't really remember what he said. The doctor said, but he he had to make some serious changes, and he did. And um, just kind of makes me wonder what what's going to happen to me down the line. I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, topic number three or two. Check that off. Uh, got a whole stack of stuff here, so y'all might as well put your seatbelt on. We're going to be here a while. Uh, yeah, reflecting on my own health, uh, really some things um, happening lately here really make you think about that. So I have um, Down Under Dave has written a book, and he's a regular listener to the podcast. And Dave, I'm sorry I haven't emailed back on a regular basis like I should have um, uh, and he mentioned uh, the podcast in his book, but it's not, it's in digital form right now. It's not in um, uh, physical format, but he's, he's, it's going to be. He's written a book about his life as a runner and, and living in New Zealand. And this is something I definitely want to read. And 
I was hoping to uh, have a copy of it to read uh, physically when um, I go on a trip uh, here coming up soon. Uh, because I don't do well with devices when I'm sitting out on the beach. Um, so I'm going to wait for uh, to get the physical copy because I want to get a signed copy, and I'll get that from him. Um, and so I'll be posting uh, that link, which I uh, I think I might have already done that. Let me uh, let me check that. All right, I just checked. Now he is. It's going to be available as a digital copy and on Amazon. He sent me a copy of the book jacket, and the name of the book uh, the cover of the book. It's called An Unstoppable Runner, and I am really looking forward to uh, checking that out. Let's see here. I think his uh, oh, its name is, his name is David Williams. The reason I call him Down Under Dave is because I have another friend named David that David Williams who is Mechanicsville Dave, and he and I were on the same training team, and that's how I got the moniker Ashland Dave because he I was Ashland Dave and he was Mechanicsville Dave, and now we got Down, down Under Dave and all this other ridiculousness. So. Anyway, uh, I will link to that once I get access to um, where that sits on Amazon as a digital copy. Um, he's been listening to the podcast a long time, and he has got, and he's uh, older, so he has got so many stories uh, to tell about his running, uh, his ultra exploits um, on the underside of the planet. So, Dave, I look forward to that. And uh, I sent him my address, so he said he was going to send me a copy as a gift, and I, lo- I look definitely look forward to getting that that. Um, at that point in time when it's ready. That'll be awesome. All right. Um, Okay, so spring marathon plans. Yes, Buffalo, New York, uh, May 29th, 2022, 6.30 a.m. That's the plan. I'm putting that out there right now. Uh, I need to add New York to my list of states, so I might as well do Buffalo, and here's why. When I was in, um, let's see, I was born in California, Went to preschool in California. Uh, my dad worked for GE, and we moved all over the place. Um, but to uh, just to summarize, uh, kindergarten, first and second grade in Roanoke, Virginia, third grade in Buffalo, New York, and then fourth uh, fourth grade on in Richmond. Um, then I finished high well, Chesterfield County outside of Richmond. Uh, so yeah, uh, my dad's from New York, my mom's from Mississippi, and we lived one year in New York when I was eight, eight years old in third grade, and that's when I discovered pro football. Everything in Buffalo was about the Bills, Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres hockey team, and, and actually back then it was a Buffalo Braves uh, NBA team, although they're not together anymore. And as a result of that, I am a Bills fan um, ever since, and only lived there one year, uh, but it made quite an impression on me. And I have not been back to Buffalo since we moved in whatever that was. Let's see, 1977, I guess is what it was when I was eight years old. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of snow up there. I remember that. Uh, they come around with a front-end loader in the morning, plow everything out of the way, and, and everybody goes to school regardless of how much snow is falling because the, the, everybody, everybody, the buses drive. Everything's flat. So that's gonna that's my plan to train for the spring marathon. Uh, but here's the caveat, okay? I haven't run, and I'm gonna talk about the Ashland Half Marathon here um, coming up on page two. Uh, I've got a heel H E E L uh, issue on my left foot, and uh, something pulled or broke in, in my heel. And this was back when we first got our new dog Twyla. 
uh, Twyla Ray is her name. That's the trailer park uh, name, but we call her Twyla, T-W-Y-L-A. That's our five-month-old puppy. When we got her back in June, I think it was late June, I don't remember exactly when, um, I bent down to uh, handle her on the floor, do something, and something pulled in my left heel and or popped. And it's hurt ever, ever since. But I trained on it, and I successfully finished the Ashland Half Marathon, which used to be called the Patrick Henry Half Marathon. Uh, I'll get to that here, like I said, on page two. Uh, so I told my wife after I finished the Half Marathon, if I did, then I would uh, I had to take at least two weeks off of doing nothing. And, um, and here I am pretty close to that. So, um, but it still hurts. It doesn't hurt as much. Uh, I think it is healing, whatever it is. I did not seek uh, any medical treatment for it because I was able to still walk and run on it. It was just painful, but it never it never hurt more. It just didn't really hurt less until I stopped uh, doing the midweek runs and then the long, you know, the train, the group run on the weekend. So um, that's the point. That's the uh, the goal. So I figure I can probably start training. I'm guessing probably November. It's uh, May 29th, so I have. Gosh, almost six months into the new year. I could probably wait to start training until maybe first week of December, uh, late. Probably start doing some little some maintenance or um, what do you call it? Uh, the runs that you got, uh, the run the, just to get my mileage up to about five comfortable. I should probably start doing that in maybe late October, early November. We'll see. And then that'll be the goal. So I'll have to. Uh, Find out if anybody listens to the show, uh, if anybody's running the spring, the Marathon of Buffalo, New York on May 29th of next year. And if so, we definitely should try to uh, uh, at least meet each other up there. I've met some other people that listen to the show and I've done races at different parts uh, around here. I guess I've got eight or nine states on my list. And that's the new focus is to try to kind of start adding some states. I really like what Sandy did when she did all 50. I thought it was cool. Um, although I still like the whole ultra idea, I uh, just don't know if that's good for me. I'm not sure. Marathon's not really that good for me. In fact, the half marathon a couple weeks ago wasn't good for me. I'll talk about that sh- uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. All right. Um, the Olympics. Who watched that, huh? Um, you know, how about some of all, all that uh, ridiculous protest? And all I'm going to say is this about that. If I'm not watching you protest, then I'm not, get, I'm not hearing your message, and I really don't give a shit what you're saying. Um, the Olympics is not the time to, uh, call out the United States. I mean, let's see, let me, let me try to explain the way I look at it. And I think I might've mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm not sure. Um, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, we all have self-esteem, right? You know, some people have high self-esteem. Some people are in the middle. Some people have low self-esteem. We're all, we're all trying, we're always trying to do better, right? Always trying to be good. Most of us are trying to be good. Um, we don't always, uh, don't always make it, but at least we try, we start the day trying to, uh, be good to other people and be good to ourselves and and love ourselves so we can love and, and help other people. Um, I think that's how the United States is. You know, the United States is not perfect, but we're trying to do good. Uh, I don't think we're all organized in a method to do bad. Uh, we've had some dark times in our history of this country, but, uh, going forward, people do want to come here. So I, I have no patience or interest in anybody who uses the Olympics as a platform, if they're an American citizen, to uh, insult the flag, insult the United States, 
call attention to whatever uh, useless cause they have. Um, if I'm not listening, you know, if I'm not watching you, then I'm not hearing your message. And uh, trust me, if I sense that you're going to, if I was watching the Olympics and I saw somebody starting to do something that was not, you know, you know, being thankful that they represented a country that allowed them to go perform, uh, 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 compete on the national stage, you know, I'm going to either change the channel or mute it. So I'm not going to hear your message. So I'll just say that. Um, so I want to throw out this question here. It has nothing to do with protesting, but what the heck is up with getting with uh, awarding two gold medals to the high jumpers? I don't know if anybody saw that. I happened to, to be watching when I saw that. Um, Italian, uh, Gianmarco Tamberi, and then uh, from Qatar, Mutaz uh, Barsham. They both cleared seven feet ten inches, um, and they each missed whatever it went. Well, you know what? I, I think they each missed that three times. I might have it a little bit wrong. I was looking it up on the internet, and I made some notes. And I'm frankly, I had a few beers, and I don't remember what it was. Um, I have a hard time believing that. Why can't you lower it to like seven feet? nine inches and seven eighths or something. And whoever doesn't get that loses and gets silver. I, the gold medal is for the top dog, but they agreed to share it. And I thought that was really strange. I don't know if it's ever been done before. I really don't. I didn't go check. And like I said, the, the whole podcast is based on uh, my rants are sometimes based on some ignorance, some sometimes not. Uh, I thought it was really strange that they both just agreed to do it without either one of them really going and discussing with their coach. They just kind of, I guess it was offered to them and they decided to share it. So they both own the gold. Um, so there's two people that are the best, but the Olympics are set up to award the bet, the uh, gold medal to the best. So I don't understand why they couldn't just keep maybe lowering it some more. Maybe it's against the rules. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that, uh, Two people got the gold medal for the high jump. Um, seven feet, ten inches, that's pretty high. But here's a thought, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last podcast or not, but I'm pretty sure that Simone Biles, when she's doing the her handsprings, I think she's getting higher than that in the air. And why isn't she doing the high jump? I mean, she could go and do a couple cartwheels and some handsprings and get up a lot higher than that and then land, instead of landing on her feet, she could land on the cushion like they do. Um, and she's a lot shorter than them. I, I'm just curious uh, how high she gets when she, because she's uh, the most powerful gymnast I've ever seen, certainly the most talented. Uh, it was a shame what happened in the Olympics with her, but um, what's come out here lately, clearly she's had some uh, you know, trauma in reference to the sexual abuse that she's experienced, which, um, I mean, I, that's what I dealt with in my career. Uh, I interviewed people like her and, 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 and made cases. And so... Yeah, it's no joke. It really affects them. But anyway, I, I was just curious how high she gets and if that is even, if anybody's ever thought of that other than me. I'm sure they have. Uh, another thing I want to mention about the Olympics before I get into, I think I'm going to talk about some running in this show. Yeah, I got to talk about some sad stuff first, though, about some people that I knew that killed themselves, which I just don't understand. Um, okay, speed walking 50K. Who watched this? This was back on August 5th. Um, who knew about this? Um, the It's a speed walking 50K race. It's only men have done this since 1932 in the Los Angeles Olympics. 
Um, women don't compete in this because from what they said, um, the, the thing is, which I've read online or even heard on the TV, it's because it's, quote, too hard for women, okay? Do they know that there are women that run 100-mile races and crush it and beat men? I mean, I don't understand this. So the Olympics doesn't have the speed walking for women because it's, quote, too hard. Um, and this was the last year for the men, be- uh, allegedly, apparently that's the word, because it's too hard and they can't, um, they can't have both genders do it or whatever gender people are. I thought that was really weird. And then uh, some other things I learned about it. Were, well, first of all, the world record is three hours, 32 minutes for speed walking 50K. Uh, it's incredible. And then the race winner in this one, who was um, uh, Dawid Tamala from Poland, he uh, ran three to at, three hours, 50 minutes, eight seconds, and he won it. Um, and here's the funniest part, which I'm, it's not really funny. I'm just kind of poking fun at the whole idea. They had replays of them race walking so they did slow motion not a regular replay slow motion replay of people race walking which i thought was very strange Uh, i'm not really sure why uh but there's some penalties if they if they are caught running or if they i think you have to keep one foot on the ground the whole time uh you get a, a red card if you get a second red card um what is it? Two red cards plus one more. You get two minutes in a penalty box, so you have to stop and uh, and not walk for a little while. Um, anyway, I thought it was very intriguing when it was on. I watched it. Matter of fact, Ashlyn Tom texted me. Uh, he's part of Wolfpack um, running group Saturday morning, and he said, "Hey man, you got to watch this. It's 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 been, it's interesting." So I, I was able to watch it, and I had. I uh, don't think I've ever seen that before, and I guess well, we won't see it again. There'll still be a 20K race walk event for both genders or some kind of mixed thing. Um, you know, it's getting crazy now. They're adding all kinds of stuff, and eventually the Olympics are going to just be, I don't know, pic- you know, picnicking. There'll be a picnic. You know, you can go to the Olympics, and you can the event will be picnicking, and it'll be who can picnic the best, and then you win. I don't know. I mean, adding golf, I thought was strange. Um, all right, page two. All right, Twyla, the new puppy. Man, she's growing fast. Uh, she's going to be my running dog this fall. Once we kind of get clearance from the vet that she's uh, going to be okay to run with me. I will not run with her very, you know, real long. She's doing great on the leash. She passed puppy, uh, pr- like preschool, puppy, preschool. Uh, they do a hot dog test. We go to a place that is uh, kind of militant, which uh, we, uh, let's see, this is our fifth dog. So we've uh, taken all our dogs through the same same school that takes uh, 30 minutes to drive to from here, but it's worth it. Um, Twyla passed the puppy school, passed the hot dog test, which the instructor literally comes out and puts a hot dog in front of your dog. And if the dog does not eat it or try to eat it, then you pass. So you obviously work on that. There's some other things they make them do too, like they have to do down and, you know, somebody else has to give the commands. So uh, she passed that and now she's in the basic uh, obedience class. And the goal is for my wife, Monica, to use uh, Twyla as a therapy dog. And uh, she's got a great disposition. Uh, She's a purebred. This is our first uh, dog we've had that's a purebred uh, Labrador. 
We've always had mixes before, I thought. Although we had one that we thought was was pretty close because of just the way he looked. That was Otis, um, and that was a that was a sad sad ending of a dog's life. Uh, my boy Otis. Uh, I think I there was, I did a podcast about that a long time ago. You can go back. Uh, I might look it up later and, and link to it. Anyway, uh, so Twyla uh, has got lots of additional training to go through. And the, 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 my wife's a mental health therapist, so the, the idea, and she has her own practice, so the idea is to bring the dog to work and have the dog just stay in her place um, until needed for therapy if the dog can be soothing or whatever therapy dogs do. Frankly, I don't really know a whole lot about it. Again, podcast based on some ignorance. Um, but she's, uh, she's progressing really good. Uh, we still crate, you know, use the crate to, uh, she sleeps in the crate at night. We don't have any issues. Uh, haven't had any, she had a little bout of, um, I think it's called Giadaria, uh, last, a month or so ago. That was a little brutal. Um, in fact, both dogs had it. Uh, when you have two dogs that have diarrhea, there is really not much you can do other than just to kind of bear through it. Um, I had to stay home from work and, and work at home for a little bit just to kind of help things. Um, but boy, that was, uh, glad that's passed. Um, uh, but she's doing really good. So we're really, uh, I'm looking forward to running with her. She's uh, doing really good on the leash and, um, uh, she's, uh, good friends with Ashlyn Tom's dog, whose name is Juice. All right. So we're in the empty nest again. Um, uh, my wife and I just have the one child who's 20. She's a junior in college and yeah, here we are again. Um, it's interesting. I know some of the people out there that listen to the show because I've communicated with them are in the same boat. Um, I don't know. I feel the same as back when she was here and back when she was younger. It's just weird to uh, to have uh, an adult. I mean, she'll be, uh, come July of next year, she'll be old enough to drink. All right, let me mention just a, a couple things about what's happened lately in my life in reference to some people that have died. I This is just strange. I know that I'm at a point in time in my life where you know, you go to funerals, like I said, I'm 52, so I'm going to know people that die. I've always, I've gone to funerals, you know, you always go to, you know, always know somebody that's suffering through something, but now, now it's happening to people that I know, uh, more, bet more. It's not just somebody that, somebody's parent, you know, it's people I know from church. Um, and then over the last month and a half, two, uh, two people that I knew as friends have committed suicide. Um, not close friends, not, the kind of people that I go and have dinner with or anything like that. But, uh, you know, friends, acquaintances, people, people that you would call your friend if you were referring to them. Um, and I, it's just nuts. Um, both were, of course, unexpected. Um, one person went to my church. Uh, the other did not. But the other was a retired firefighter uh, who had served um, honorably, um, had dementia, and apparently was obviously depressed. Um, and then the other person had had a, a death. Uh, his wife had passed, was killed in a car accident five years before he killed himself. Uh, and he had two kids, uh, both in college. And one of them was law enforcement. The other was, was the, one was current law enforcement. The other was retired fire. And it just really, you know, I know people that, have done it. Um, I don't know. I did 27 years. I, I feel like my mental health is pretty good. Although I do have some moments where 
I just kind of wonder, God, what did I experience um, through my 27 years? It was um, some stuff you can hardly, it's hard to believe that you, you actually were seeing what you saw, um, especially with some of the child exploitation work that I did uh, through some of the uh, child pornography evidence that I had to review or some of the um, uh, actual uh, statements that we got from victims or, the, or that I got from victims in interviews. Um, and then was then corroborated by the suspect when you would do an interview. And if they confessed, they would corroborate what the victim told you. And sometimes you go home, you're just thinking, did I just hear that? I mean, is, is that, is that really what I do for a living? Is that, is that what I do? Um, I don't know. I survived it. Uh, I did my time. Um, couple other funerals we went to also. That One was a, a veteran of, of Second World War, a guy that went to my church. I had no idea that he was a war veteran. Um, you know, some of these, these real elderly people that you know, um, they don't talk about it until you see the obituary, and you, you have no idea what they, the kind of courage they had. Um, and then I'll just, I'll, I'll just pass on the other one. Oscar, man, I'm going to miss you too. All right, let's let's go to something a little more positive. Uh, Ashland Half Marathon. Let's talk about that. All right, this was Saturday, August twenty eighth. So just a few weeks ago, I finished. Uh, ran it with Ashland Tom. Uh, Ashland Ron joined us for uh, some at the end. Uh, not really as a bandit, but he uh, he kind of he banded it a uh, bottle of water at the finish, which I told him. Uh, <laughs> well, he, we won't go into that. Uh, two hours, thirty-seven minutes, and some change. The goal was two and a half hours. Uh, it was so humid. Uh, it was a typical. It was a typical uh, Patrick Henry half marathon day, is what it was. They renamed it to the Ashland Half Marathon because I guess now people are ashamed of Patrick Henry. Uh, I'm getting. I get so tired of all the, uh, the the woke, uh, whatever. There was never. I already talked about this in one of the shows. There was never any explanation why it was changed to the Ashland Half. It was always the Patrick Henry Half. Nothing wrong with Patrick Henry. Uh, he was a, a rebel. Um, you know, he's the one that gave the, the speech down at St. John's Church in Richmond and give me liberty or give me death. You can look that all up on your own. But the reason it was called the Patrick Henry Half because he was born here in Hanover County and he lived here when he was uh, in an area called Scotchtown of Hanover County where Ashland's in Hanover County uh, when he was a governor of Virginia. So um, anyway, it's now called the Ashland Half. Uh, Tom and I started together, finished together. Uh, ran into uh, some good, a lot of, uh, well, I almost said we ran into a lot of people I knew while I was there. I did not run into a lot of people. I was surprised uh, that I did not know more people running the race. Um, I think it, it's one of, it's a couple of things. One, the pandemic, although there was 750 people was, from what I heard, was the, um, I guess, the amount of people that ran. And uh, I finished at... Uh, uh, well, it was technically 236.59, so I did not run 237 and some change. It was uh, chip time, 236.59, good for, okay, so 657 people finished, and I came in 493. Ooh, not good. Uh, 260 out of 307 for men. 
uh, male masters. I guess I'm a master now. Uh, 190 masters ran. I was 154th, and then in my age group, 50 to 54, I was 36 out of 43. Uh, I don't know. I finished. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, but this took a lot out of me. I I really had a hard time the rest of that day. I had a headache uh, when I was out there running. I uh, was laughing at one time at Ron saying, hey, is, is it a bad thing if, if you get the chills? Um, but I, I knew I was okay. I um, I was kind of half joking about it, but it was weird because I did have the chills and it was so humid. And I've, I've been I've been down that road before. As a matter of fact, I had that when I ran the Sterling Gym 40 miler uh, back in 2009 uh, in Trace, Ten- uh, yeah, Wartrace, Tennessee. I had the same situation. It was, it was pretty much the same weather. Uh, really, really, really humid, just brutal. And so my hat's off to those that win. Uh, I don't even know what the winning time was. The one, you know, the people that go out there and crush it. Uh, just excellent health. Uh, but I did run into Tina and Jen. Uh, Tina, these two ladies are um, ultra runners. Jen's an Iron uh, Ironman finisher multiple times, and she's got one coming up. And it was really cool to see them. Uh, when I was running the Light the Light fifty. Uh, mile ultra miler down in the outer banks of uh, North Carolina. I, I saw them down there. Um, actually, passed them at the end, not right at the end, but with you know five six miles to go because they were just they were kind of spread out, and I was just having a good a good stretch. Um, and Tina's just really uh, embraced the ultra run. I think it's awesome to see them out there. Anyway, I saw them out there. I saw one other person I knew, uh, Chris White from high school. Um, and that's it. That's, uh, I don't know if it's because people, I'm just older now, so I don't know the people. I mean, lots of young people there. Uh, my teammate Cognito people aren't coming out here to run it. Uh, the race has been going since 2007. Um, any number of other reasons. Uh, I don't know. It was weird. I mean, I, it's weird to have all those people in the town where I live of 7,000 people and then only know a few people that came up and ran the race. I just, I thought that was, uh. I mean, you're not going to see everybody at one time, but, you know, usually you run into people, you know. The people that I knew that used to run it every year uh, don't seem to be doing it anymore. Um, So um, here's what I'm going to do. I've got more material, but I'm going to do a part two um, and do an episode 285 coming up because I've got a a large handful of uh, emails in the email bag section of the show. So I think I'm going to do another episode... uh, coming up soon and i think that's the best way to handle it otherwise this will go probably well over an hour an hour and a half and then i'll put all the material out there and and by then i'll have some more for the next show um so i think i'll do that and uh, we'll just move into the uh, the national anthem this is ashton dave i'm running in the center of the universe ashland virginia Reminding you that if you want to send me an email, um, you can send it to ashlanddave at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L-A-N-D-D-A-V-E at gmail.com. And um, love to hear from you. Just let me know where you hail from, what kind of running you do, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I do have some great emails, uh, one from Karen. Uh, she's got an Ironman coming up in October, so I, I just want to give some of those emails the due, um, the due time that they deserve. Because they always, always uh, cause me to go down to some on um, some tangents with some different material, and uh, talk about some other things about uh, what I've been up to, or at least my opinion on some things. 
And uh, here, when I sat down earlier to, to produce the show this evening, I did not think I'd be able to go for 40-plus minutes, and here I am at 43, 41, 42, 43. So, anyway, this is Ashland Dave running in the center of the universe. Ashland, Virginia, reminding you to run to the finish and keep on running, and don't forget to hug your kids. Y'all have a good week. Thank you.